We're highlighting the TSUs today. Texas Southern is plugging the holes they need to to be a championship contender in 2023 in football. And Tennessee State is on fire, winning five in a row and sitting at second place in OVC basketball. Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, of course, Sam Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter, at South Exclusives, which you can see right here at the bottom of the screen, or if you're on the audio side of things, do not forget the S on the end. And I wish I had my Texas Southern banner behind me, but you know what? Sometimes you got to switch locations. You got to get it in where you get it in. And I'm talking about my Tigers without the perfect backdrop for it. But I think that they're doing what they need to do to be a championship contender in 2023. The way I look at them is you have Andrew Body, who likely is going to be the best quarterback in that division. Remember, we're talking about football, so all you have to really do is win your division. Of course, you're going to have to face conference foes, but it's about winning your division and having what I perceive to be the best quarterback because it's not many returning quarterbacks. It's just him and um, Conley, I think, is returning at PV. Other than that, Southern's going to have a new quarterback. Grambling's going to have a new quarterback. I think UAPB is going to have a new quarterback. It's going to be a different bunch of guys but Andrew Body is going to be one constant and he's going to be somebody who should probably be the second team all swag quarterback because Jeremy Musa had that role in last year so we're talking about preseason now so I think in preseason he'll be projected to be first team now that Sanders will go and it'll be between Body and Davis on who they decide to say will be the second team all swag quarterback now why do I outline Andrew Body's abilities in a conversation about the recruiting class and plugging holes to be a championship contender. Well, you first off have to set the stage on why they're a championship contender and why I believe they can compete in the West. And that's because of Andrew Body. Now, because you have him and the window is small now, you only have two years and you really want to try to get in this year because I see a little bit more vulnerability in the SWAC right now, a little bit more uncertainty. So you want to attack while it's all open. That's why I think you have to set the tone and set the scene by talking about body first. But here's the thing. Texas Southern has three big holes, and I'm glad that they are doing their best to fill those holes, fill those vacancies, but it's all centered around the pass. You got pass catcher, pass rusher, and then a defensive back, so I guess kind of like a pass stopper. But if you're if you're just going to set a list of the five most important positions on a football field, I'm taking quarterback, defensive end, offensive tackle, wide receiver, cornerback, and that's not in any – order but those are my five you cannot win a championship and have holes at three you can't be texas southern and think that i have andrew body so i'm going to win a championship when i have a hole at cornerback a hole on the defensive line a hole in the uh, secondary as well you just can't do that or excuse me wide receiver as well you cannot think that's going to happen and they don't 
And they're taking care of that now. And I think they're doing right because you look at it. Quarterback, there was nobody to pass to. There just wasn't. There's n there just wasn't a lot of, of, of wide receiver help for body. They had a really good running game, but you didn't have anything on the outside to really help out. So what do you do? You go get Quadarius Davis, who was at Jackson State last year, but you're hoping that he can be what he was expected to be coming out of high school just a year prior. It's not like he's been at Jackson State for a long time. And there was just a bunch of wide receivers over there at Jackson. That's what it is. You did not get to see him. They did. He had four catches against Texas Southern last year. But you just did not get to see him much. I think he played enough games to where his freshman year will count, and he'll come over as a sophomore, not a redshirt freshman. So you'll have three years with him. But this is a guy who was a four-star player, had, a, uh, had an offer and had committed to Kansas before going to Jackson State. This is a player who, if he is living up to the hype, Dallas Skyline, so he's a Texas guy coming back home, kind of, even though, look, don't get me into the Dallas-Houston thing. I, I had to hear both sides when I was out there. This is somebody you should be excited for. This is somebody that you can pair with Andrew Body and feel like, okay, I have a go-to receiver, something that was not there in 2022. Next, you have a pass rusher, and they did this on two fronts, a defensive end and then also a defensive tackle. You have the guy that uh, my friend Jamarcus called Big Arms. Yeah, I'm putting you out there, Jay. I don't know why you would call this man Big Arms. I mean, his arms are colossal, but like <laughs> at the same time, I'm not calling no, no man, no kid Big Arms, bro. But this guy, <laughs> Waltez Champ, is really good. You know, he's an impact player out of Louisiana. He's a 1A player. I know a lot of people try to take slights at 1A, but to me, that's just is a representation of the size of the school that you went to and he's an impact player three touchdowns 10 sacks last year and he made max preps all small town american team so basically out of all the small towns in america he was one of the best defensive ends at that position pass rush like i said 10 sacks but then you look at the defensive tackle position and you're looking at raymond thurman or excuse me Thurman Raymond. <laughs> I had that backwards. So you're looking at one guy in Thurman, Ray, Ray Bourne. There we go. I had to look at my notes. I knew I had something mixed up. But you're looking at Thurman Rayborn, who is a big run stuffer in the middle. You need that too. Look at the PV game. You know, I, I understand that you're not expecting him to really get after the quarterback, but that's not the only thing that you're going to need. PV ran all over you in a game where you knew they were going to run. You need to make sure that that middle is fortified. You need to make sure on the outside you can rush the passer. And, and by getting Champ and then also getting Rayburn, you're going to have both of those facets checked. And then lastly, cornerback. The thing about that is I like Perry Wells. I think Perry Wells is a solid corner. But you just lost Isaiah Hamilton. He went across the street to UH after a really great year. I hate that that happened, but now you got to fill that void. It is not about any disrespect to Wells. He just plays a position where you're going to need to have two at that position. You can't just go out with one good corner because then the other guy is going to get exploited. And they were one of the most opportunistic defenses last year, getting a lot of interceptions. If you want to replicate that success in 2023, you're going to have to fill that void. You can't have question marks at, at a cornerback. So I bring it back to where I started. I believe that with Andrew Body and the real vulnerability in the SWAC this year, Texas Southern and Texas Southern fans should feel like they have a championship contender. Breath of fresh air, I know. I speak from ex experience. I speak from who I am, a Texas Southern alum. But in order to be a championship contender, you're going to have to fill the hole of defensive back, pass rusher, and wide receiver, or just pass catcher in general. And I think by this by this uh, recruiting class, you've really done that, and you've added a little bit of experience, and you've also added a little bit of uh, youth 
because in in that cornerback class, I don't think I named it, but they had Giovanni Harper out of San Jose. I just kind of outlined the problem. I forgot to say the solution because you have him and a kid out of Channel View coming in. And I think that this is going to be something that's exciting. You have transfers who you hope are going to be an immediate impact player. And then you also have young guys who they might not come out and just be strong immediately. But you hope as the season goes on, they get to gain a little bit of experience and they start to come into their own and they can make some plays as they get down the stretch, especially if things come down to the wire like they did last year when they were just a game away. You beat Alabama A&M, you win the SWAC West and you are going against Jackson State in the SWAC championship. It's that close. But going forward, we're going to go ahead and switch gears. We're going to be talking about Tennessee State. I told you we're highlighting the TSUs, and it still makes me sick to my stomach to have to call them TSU, but it is what it is. We're going to talk about them because they are on fire, and they have won five games in a row and currently sit in a huge mashup for the number two spot in the OVC as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the market, the Swiss Army knife of protein bars, if you will. And the reason I say that is because I'm getting a little bit famished recording this right now. I ain't gonna lie, I'm expending a little bit of energy. I might go ahead and get me a Built Bar before I go to sleep. Actually, I'm at the radio station, but it is what it is. I'm working overnight. I got a little bit of time to myself to go ahead and do this. So I might just get one to get me through this shift. I ain't going to sit here and lie to y'all. I might get a, if I have to go to the gym in the morning, if I have to go to the gym in the afternoon, if I have to just want a snack because I'm a little bit hungry, I can get these for all of this. Cookies and cream, um, cookie dough. They have raspberry, blueberry. They're all delicious. My personal favorite is the blueberry built bar. And they come in different forms like built puff, built granola, the built original, all covered in chocolate, all healthy for you, all high in protein. Just go to built.com and use the promo code locked15 and get 15% off your offer. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And as we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Go ahead and check out Locked on College. Basketball is everything you need around the sport in one place. So go ahead and check that out wherever you listen to your podcast. And I want to talk about Tennessee State because they are on absolute fire. They won five games in a row and they currently sit second, tied for second with five teams or tied with four. They are the fifth for the second place uh, spot in the OVC. This is an impressive win streak because of who they've beaten. They've beaten two teams they're tied up with, right? Because you could beat a bunch of Rudy Poos and now you stack together a bunch of wins. Yes, I'm not, I'm not going to take that away from you. Yes, that's still impressive. But it doesn't hold as much weight as when you're knocking off a Southern Indiana who's only one team or one loss behind the mashup of eight and six. They're sitting right there at seven and seven. You're knocking off two teams that you're actually tied with. So you're looking at three teams in your win streak, three out of the five victories that you've had in this win streak have been against teams that are quality opponents, teams that either have a winning record or at 500. 
That's the most impressive part of this win streak to me. And during this, they've been a really prolific scoring offense because you look at J.R. Clay. Uh, Clay. Junior Clay has been SWAC or um, OVC player of the week two times in his span. He's averaging a little over 16 points per game in this stretch. And he's not doing it by himself, but he does have a couple of 23-point games, had their game against Tennessee Tech, not gotten canceled. You're likely seeing him have another 20-point game. They've been prolific offensively, and he's been a big reason for it. They've scored over 80 points in three of these games. But you can't do that by yourself. It's not like it's just him and nobody else. Hey, he even had a bad game against Lindenwood. But you know who picked up the slack then? Zion Griffin. You're looking at a player who had his career or his season high in 23 points. He had to partner. And he had another big-time game um, in that stretch, too. I think he had 19 points, Griffin did. So you have to come together. You got uh, Marcus Fitzgerald Jr. You got Christian Brown who's coming back into the fold. There are so many offensive threats that are now popping up for Tennessee State that you have to be worried if you're in the OVC because you know they can score. This isn't the first time they went on a stretch of just dealing out points left and right. Earlier in the season, they had a stretch where they scored 90, yes, 90 points in five out of seven games in a row. And they scored 60 or 87 in one of those games, too. So you're looking at six out of seven games just scoring 87 or more points. We know the Tigers can score. That's never been a question for them. That's never been something that anybody has doubted. But now they're showing it against the best teams in the conference. They are going to have two really tough games. Two really tough games against one team that's tied with them for second place. And then they have to go against the actual first place team. Those are the next two games. If you see Tennessee State go from five games in a row to seven games in a row, after beating the two top teams in the conference when looking at the standings, they'll still be a second place. But you have to really question that they're not the hottest. No, screw that. They're already the hottest. But you might have to question that they are not the best team in the OVC. That's what they've been able to accomplish. And that's also what they've been able to put in people's heads during this five-game win streak. And I can't wait to see exactly where it goes. And speaking of where it goes, we're going to be talking about the CIAA tournament. We've looked at the top of the conference. We looked at the teams who are fighting for the number one seed. But what about those teams who are right there in the middle? I'm talking about the Shaws, the Lincolns, the Livingstones. We need to talk about the middle bracket when it comes to the CIAA tournament and who's fighting for those five through eight spots. We'll talk about that as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the newest sponsor here on the Locked on Podcast Network. And we're looking at basketball season. First off, actually, great Super Bowl. Great, great Super Bowl. Who had the odds on Rihanna popping out as pregnant at the at the Super Bowl halftime show? Who had the odds on Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP? I'm sure a lot of people made some money with that. But now that's all wrapped up. And now we're here with basketball. And you see the shirt. You see the shirt. Maybe you don't. But it says, no, let's say Levanton Roulet. This is a Pelican shirt, my squad. We just knocked off the Oklahoma City Thunder last night to kick off the real basketball season. Because to me, Basketball season didn't start until after the Super Bowl was over, so it didn't start until Monday. And we kicking off the real basketball season with a victory. B.I. went crazy, had over 30 points, so he hit the over. Should have put your money down on my guy B.I. But if you didn't want to uh, or if you missed out on this, Western Conference Finals, who's going to win the West? Eastern Conference Finals, who's going to win the East? Who's going to win the actual finals? And then also just I think we still have win totals up. So 
I can sit here and list 11 million things in FanDuel and have it all. But maybe you don't believe me. Maybe you think I'm just talking because they're here and they're sponsoring us. But I implore you to do this if you don't believe me. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more and let me know what I didn't get right. And as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I want to look at the middle of the CIAA. I understand with good reason, we focus heavily on the top of this conference. It's really good basketball, and it's the top of a conference. No, more times than not, that's going to be the story. That's going to be what we focus on. But this is not a shallow conference at all. I think there's about four teams. Or there's four teams that I'm about to mention, five teams I'm about to mention. It wouldn't shock me if one or two of them actually ended up winning the tournament without even getting one of the top four seeds. This is When I say this is a deep conference, I mean there's four teams with five losses. That's your top four. That's your Claflin, your, uh, your Fayetteville State, your Virginia Union, your Virginia State. Those are the teams with five or less losses. But then you got four more teams with seven losses. That's Shaw, Livingstone, Lincoln. Um, Winston-Salem State and then you also have Elizabeth City State who's right there in that middle group they don't have seven losses they have eight they're only one behind but they're right there with them and that's Elizabeth City State to round out this to five so let's go through each of them Winston-Salem State is a team that we just talked about the ramifications of their losses and if you really look at it I I don't want to make it seem like it's just like silver lining or something of the of that nature but I'm talking about Winston-Salem State on yesterday's episode going from competing for the number one seed, and now I'm talking about them in the middle of the pack. That's how small the separation is. That's how small that separation is because they have six losses. They could still technically win their division. That's the gap. It's so minor, so minor that these teams, they are second tier, yes, but it's not a gap between them and the first tier. That's what we have to explain. And I think that Winston-Salem State is the perfect example of it. Them and then also Shaw. Because if Shaw wins the tournament, it'll be an upset. It'll be like a Cinderella narrative, kind of. But not really. It'll be, it'll be an upset when it comes to the accumulation of victories that we thought they might not get. But each individual game... Each individual game, if they won, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't. Now, of course, you don't expect them, but I wouldn't be shocked at any point. And even if they won, I wouldn't be shocked. I just know the narrative that would be said. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. is they, they barely lost to Claflin. They barely lost to Virginia Union. But then they swept Virginia State, and they beat Winston-Salem State. At this point, Shaw has the reputation that they can go toe-to-toe with you. And any team that is toe-to-toe with you can beat you. Let's just keep it real. Unless you just really play down the competition and Shaw isn't that type of squad, they could beat Virginia Union tomorrow. But anytime somebody goes toe-to-toe with you, takes you to OT, just know they can beat you. And it ain't like... You get to have a run it back just because you beat them once in a regular season. They beat you in the tournament. It's like, okay, let's let's get the best of three. We got to have who's going to have the upper hand. No, Shaw just going to move on to the next round. Quality team. Now you look at Lincoln. And, you know, I'm going to tell you why I don't like Lincoln in the tournament. They're just way too volatile for me. They just don't stream together victories enough, in my opinion. That's how I feel about 
about uh, Lincoln because in any sport, when you're going into a tournament, when you're going into a, 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 a finals, a playoffs, anything like that, whatever your version of a playoff format or whatever it takes to get to the big one in your sport, we're going to look at what you've done in the past to predict what you're going to do in this type of situation. That's true in every aspect, the past, and then look towards the future, but specifically in the playoffs or a tournament. And in a tournament, you have to be able to string together consecutive victories. And I just don't think that Lincoln has done it enough for me to be comfortable with them. And honestly, I kind of feel the same way about Livingstone, except they have victories over Claflin, Virginia Union, and Fayetteville State. That's three victories and three victories over the top four. So basically beat everybody in the top four except for Virginia State. Though you haven't been able to put together victories in a way that I'd personally like, I, I some things have to overrule. And knocking off that amount of quality teams is going to overrule. I still don't think they're going to win the, the tournament, but I would place them above Lincoln. And then lastly, we're going to look at Elizabeth City State, who may have the most losses out of the group, but they're not out of it, seriously. They've had a really tough time with the South. Winston-Salem knocked off, or knocked them off, I should say. Fayetteville State, and then also um, Winston-Salem, Fayetteville State, and then also Lincoln, no, Claflin. There we go. I knew if I just if I just held on to it, just held it, held it out, I'd get it together. Winston-Salem State, Claflin, and then also Fayetteville State have all knocked off Elizabeth City, and they only play one time because they're in opposite divisions. That's the side that's really giving them some problems. But you look at the fact they beat Virginia State. They beat Shaw. So they have some quality wins. But if I had to look at two teams that I feel like are really going to make some noise, it's Shaw and it's Winston-Salem State. Winston-Salem State, like I said, was just they could still get the three seed. So that's not an underdog story. Shaw has been competitive. It shouldn't be an underdog story, though I feel like it will be painted as such if they do end up winning the tournament. And I understand why. I just don't think that should be the case. What are we what are we what else are we looking at? That's six teams. Obviously, the top four have a chance to win it. I just gave you two from the middle tier. And even if you want to throw one more in there to make seven, possibly that's a deep conference. This is a this is a conference that's not just deep as far as win totals, but it's also deep as far as quality teams. Six teams that can win your conference championship is nothing to sneeze at when you're talking about basketball. And on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking about Isaiah Lamb because I believe he should be the first HBCU player drafted in the NFL draft this year. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. You listening to me on Valentine's Day. Shout out to you. I'm about to go ahead and do my thing today as well. But for your second listen, make sure you're checking out Locked on College Basketball. It's anything that you need around the sport in one place, and it's great content. I like the host. I think he does a great job. So make sure you're checking him out wherever you listen to your podcast. In the meantime, in between time, until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.